Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds episode. a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds, you might ask? Well, some of your favorite Long Box Crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with. So from time to time, we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks, and we'll play it for you here. Whether it's a James Bond rookie agent show from On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast Network, or a Comics with Normies from White Rocket Entertainment Network, or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. Good morning. I am Luciana Paluzzi. I was the villainess in uh, Thunderbolt with James Bond, Sean Connery, actually. And you are listening to Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast. Hello and welcome back to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I am your host for this program, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. And joining me as veteran Bondophile co-host is my brother, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick. Welcome back to the show and be sure to tell us what the most Bond-like thing you've done since last recording is. All right, I'm about to do it right now, Jared. Standing at the edge of this dam, and I'm about to jump off this son of a gun. Have you got the uh, bungee cord actually attached to you, or? Oh, sh**. <laughs> yep, okay, there it is. All right, I'm going in three, two, one. Yeah, f*** that. Uh, I'm doing okay, Jared. How, how are you today? I'm doing good. Yeah, this is almost the most Bondian thing I've ever done, but um, yeah, unless, uh, you know, peeing on yourself is a... Thing. <laughs> what a spy pee himself, man. <laughs> For queen and country, perhaps. Uh, yeah, well, just realized I don't have a queen. And <laughs> so I'm good. You got stung by a jellyfish. I did get stung by a jellyfish while rescuing my brother. Oh, That's really? a true story. I mean, not hmm. since last recording. We were children. <laughs> we were children oh. then, yeah. I still hold that over you. <laughs> well, that was pretty cool that you did something almost Bond like, man. Maybe I applaud your time. effort. Yeah. Next time, guys. And a bizarre coincidence, I seriously contemplated driving a motorcycle off a cliff to catch a falling plane. Also chickened out, just so you know, so don't feel bad. Okay. It's okay. I'm pretty sure that's impossible. (laughs) Maybe. You just saw it done, Delvin. (laughs) Saw it done. I know. Couldn't believe it. I'll have more to say about that when we get there, but let's talk about the show. This is episode 17, boys. Can you believe it? <laughs> I'm being fat. Oh. <laughs> 17. You know what I say. mean? It's 17. Whoop, whoop. But yeah, we are on our 17th episode of our ongoing series called MI6 Rookie Agents. And on the show, Jason and I take two of our friends who you've heard in the background there. We've got Delvin and Pat. We're taking them through the James Bond series of films one movie at a time because you know what? They haven't seen them before or it's been a really long time. In the case of tonight's episode, in fact, I think both these guys saw Goldeneye back in the day, but they probably haven't rewatched it about 47 times like Jason and I have. And they don't remember it, but we performed a lobotomy on them about a month ago. Just <laughs> a small chunk of their brain. <laughs> this is what we do for the listeners. <laughs> because what? you demanded uh, it. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
<laughs> They're saying words, but I don't know what they mean. I keep drooling for some reason. <laughs> Actually, we gave him the lobotomy right before we even started this whole podcast. And Jason went a little too far in Delvin's brain and hit that transportation section. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. If he gets them right. <laughs> Pat, Pat. Huh? Someone call my name. Hold on. Oh, Just geez. a second. <laughs> I'm coming. All right. Has it been all that bad? I mean, because like if I order an Uber, it's like I'm just like floating across the city. <laughs> like Wonder Woman in her. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel pretty magical. <laughs> Invisible Uber. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, since we've already talked about them, let's give an official welcome to the show. We're going to start with Delvin, the Dark Web, Felix Leiter, Silver Hands, Pop Pop Hiss Williams. Welcome back to the show, Delvin, and be sure to tell the listening audience what Bond-like thing you've done since last recording. You know what, Jared? It has been two whole episodes that have gone by, and I have not provided any Felix Leiter updates. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. So have you been cooking up something, or is it just, is it just canceled oh well, no it can't be canceled you can go six years before this movie you can go two episodes exactly you know there might be legal battles and stuff like that but Felix Slider will always be back I have one and I could have two if you if you want to I'll tell you what give us the first one and if I like it we'll, we'll listen to the second one. <laughs> I want zero but I have a feeling that the audience probably will want to Okay. All right. I got one. Like to hear. Here it goes. So a tech company, you know, these things are just freaking prevalent nowadays and getting way too powerful. And one tech company in particular has decided to infiltrate homes by taking a common household device. They're using it to spy on families all across America. And Felix Leiter has to get down to the mastermind of this very sinister plot. So my next Felix Leiter magnum opus of a movie is called The Living Night Lights. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're going to stop for today. We're just going <laughs> to... The Living Night Lights, The Living Night Lights. Click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> Mom. The Living Night Lights, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you are having some nightmares. <laughs> oh my goodness. The Living Night Lights. Pat, do you dare follow this? Uh, do you introduce yourself? Do you even care at this point? Are you still here, Pat? You know, the bondiest thing I've done is just like I've been saying to everybody today, I'm going to say it to you guys for the foolishness that you guys do. You're a bunch of slugheads. Oh. <laughs> you really break the slugheads. You're a slughead. You're a slughead. Everybody's a slughead. Damn. Damn. I spike you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, you know what? We'll save that other Felix Slider update, maybe for later in the show if I'm feeling it. All right. I admittedly, all right, I liked the living the night lights. <laughs> I don't know why. It's growing on me. Night lights. <laughs> Well, as you guys might know, we're releasing this show as a companion to the show that our friends Van Allen Plexico and Alan Porter are doing. They are also going one 007 film per month, and they're doing that real deep dive, thoughtful. Alan brings a lot of trivia. Van brings a lot of bad takes in general. And <laughs> they're going one movie at a time. I'm just kidding, Van. We love you. And they're going one movie at a time through the series. And then we come along and do this whole kind of goofball thing. But what we bring is that newcomer's view. We get to hear from Pat and we get to hear from Delvin and we get to get that newcomer's view. And a lot of times we disapprove of it, especially between Jason and Delvin. <laughs> 
<laughs> Free your eyes only gets a three. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We're living that one down. Anyway, on the On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast Network, we've got Van Allen Show. We've got Rookie Agents. We do special interviews. We've got the Raymond Benson Music of Bond Show. You guys should check that out with actual Bond novelist Raymond Benson as a host. We got a lot going on, so just stick around. And while you're sticking around, let's get to today's feature, which I believe is who wants to sing it? Golden his weakness. There you go. Golden so James came to the spot. Yeah, he'll he'll just keep going if we don't. You got a bull right past Jason. <laughs> So before we get our mission brief from Agent Jason, he's going to give us a summary of the film as if listeners of the show actually need a summary of the film. This might not be the show for you if you need a summary for the film, but Jason's going to give it to you anyway. But before he does that, he's going to jump into the action with no parachute in our segment called What Makes You Say That? With a golden eye. I'm now aiming precisely at your groin, so speak or forever hold your peace. Here we go for what makes you say that in this game. I give Jason a line from today's feature film, Golden Eye, and Jason rewinds that film back in his head, and he tells us the line that comes before it. If you go back over the last 16 episodes, Jason has a pretty darn good record of doing this successfully. And we're going to find out if he can keep that record going tonight. I believe in you, Jason. All right, all right, here we go. Here we go. So once again, I'm going to give him a line from the film. He's going to rewind the film in his head and tell us what line came before it. Put it on the tee for me. Putting it on the tee. All right, I got two for you tonight. I'd like to start you out with what I consider the easier one. Okay. And here is your line. I won't lose sleep over it. I got the scene. Okay, what's the scene? When they're in the car. It's on the top and Bond just before he Judy chops her. (laughs) I think my on the top impression was spot on there. (laughs) It was. It was. Oh! (laughs) Oh, That a bit to play. I got it. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to remember exactly how. I hope you don't mind if I don't call or something Mm -hmm. to that effect. I'm giving you the credit. The line is, you'll understand if I don't call. That's it. Let's give it up for Jason. I'll give you the credit on that. You got the scene. You knew what was going on. Yep, yep. Your next one, I'm giving you very little. Some reason in my heart of hearts, I feel like you could pull this out. Okay. I'm giving you two words. Well, kind of three words. Here they are. Well, it depends. I, f- I hear Tell a him, Dimitri. <laughs> yes, yes. Give it to Ooh. me again. Tell him, Dimitri. Well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Case Pat Delvin are lost. That's the scene where he meets with. That's the weather. Zakowski. Yeah. yeah. Do you My have any idea ate. how long the winters are in Russia? Tell him, Dimitri. Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> Silence! (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Jason. You did not disappoint tonight, man. I think Uh, the only movie you've ever truly struggled on was Moonraker, which is ironic because you know that movie really well. Yeah, I I did struggle on Moonraker. That's no doubt. But man, you've... 17 movies and you've been pretty much slaying out and slaying out 16 of them that's a pretty good ratio yeah i don't know music for us but the lines i can kind of remember <laughs> as we learned when we had to cheat on our quiz not too long ago <laughs> Shh, don't remind <laughs> don't 
<laughs> we hey, we straight not, up did not, not cheat on the next one, though. We played that one straight mm-hmm. for reals this time. <laughs> yeah, no, no tongue in cheek. We did that one straight. We did. Well, you know what? While we're doing things straight, Jason, give us a straight mission brief on GoldenEye, please, sir. When the world is the target. 72 hours ago, a secret weapon system was detonated over seven iron. And the threat is real. GoldenEye exists. A radiation surge that destroys everything with an electronic circuit. You can still depend on one man. I want you to find GoldenEye. Three. Find who took it. Two. And stop it. One. The name's Bond. James Bond. The world's most famous secret agent is back. We aim to please. And this time, 007 is facing the ultimate enemy. The man who knows him best. Hello, James. What an unpleasant surprise. 006. What's the matter? No pithy comeback? He was your friend. And now he's your enemy and you will kill him. Is the satellite in range? Target is London. Now, the entire world is about to be caught in the crossfire. See you in hell, James. You first. Kill him. The pleasure will be on mine. Did you check her out? That's it all. Three clicks, arms the fuse. Don't say it. The writing's on the wall. Grow up, 007. I think you're a sexist, misogynist dinosaur. A relic of the Cold War. You know, James, I was always better. Both of you, stop it. You like Boys with toys. The trick is to quit while you're still here. I wouldn't think of it. Charming, sophisticated secret agent. Shaken, but not disturbed. <laughs> Get us out of here! Bond. Only Bond. Man just won't take a hint. You don't need the gun. That depends on your definition of safe sex. On November 17th. Rabbit! United Artists brings you, trust me, James Bond. Why can't you just be a good boy and die? That's one trick I've never learned. Pay attention, 007. So when a cutting-edge European helicopter is stolen and a top-secret Russian outpost destroyed, England's best secret agent is sent to investigate. James Bond teams up with gorgeous Russian programmer Natalia Simonova and ventures into the post-Cold War Russian underworld. Together, Bond and Natalia uncover a chilling plot of revenge and betrayal as 007 faces off against perhaps his toughest foe yet. Bullets fly and wild chases ensue across Russia and Cuba as our heroes race to stop a renegade agent and a rogue Russian general from obliterating London's electronic market with a stolen EMP satellite. After a six-year hiatus, Goldeneye roared into the box office, raking in more than $26 million in the U.S. and $352 million worldwide. Goldeneye introduced the world to both Pierce Brosnan as James Bond and Martin Campbell as a new Bond director. The cast included Pierce Brosnan as James Bond, Isabella Skorupko as Natalia Simonova, Sean Bean as Alec Trevelyan, Famke Janssen as Xenia Onatop, 
Joe Don Baker is Jack Wade. Samantha Bond is Ms. Moneypenny. Desmond Llewellyn is Q. And introduce Judy Dench as M. Back to you, Jared. Thank you for that, Agent Jason. Now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one in a segment called Declassified. Do you expect me to talk? We're going to break this movie into a few pieces and get the insights of our rookie agents. And then Agent Jason is going to give us his overall insights, along with a few bond bombs of trivia that he snagged right before recording. <laughs> before leading Agent... Jason is stuck at that. I have no stomach for my trivial reprisals. <laughs> Jason's going to lead the uh, rookie agents into our scoring round for the film. We're going to find out what they think overall. But anyways, let's get to the rookie review discussion. We're going to break it up into the following sections. We're going to talk a little bit about the pre-title sequence, the song in the opening credits, Agent Jared's Choice, where I pick something I think is stand out from this film to get the rookie's opinions on, and then their overall opinions of the film. So, rookie agents, what did you think about the pre-title sequence? And I believe we will start with Pat this time. Just give me a thought or two on the pre-title sequence. It was very cool. I thought there was a lot of action in it, and it basically plays into the movie as well. So it was very well done to me. It had me on the seat of my seat. On the seat of your seat. Yes. That's good. (laughs) Yankees had Yogi Baron. (laughs) We got that. Delvin, were you also on the seat of your seat? Yeah, it was a good opening scene. This does count as free credit, so it's worth mentioning that uh, I thought that Pierce Brosnan uh, rocked the crap out of his shot into the camera to start off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, like, I like the turn, you know, and how he stood up straight with the pow. <laughs> I like yeah, that. He, he looked like he would actually hit you if he shot at you, unlike some of the other ones. Yeah, he didn't do the two-handed. He did the one-handed, like calm, measured. Yeah, his, very, his gun barrel is on point. Absolutely. I like that. That had me on the seat of my seat. Yeah, so they went with a little bit different of a musical cue for it as well. This movie has probably the most different music of all the Bond films, but I actually like that gun barrel music cue. Jazzes me up. I liked it too. And it was one of the trivia nuggets that didn't quite make it into my Bond bombs, but I'll share it now. That's the first gun barrel that's CGI in the James Bond oh. franchise. Oh, so he's a cheater. Pierce Brosnan's a cheater is what you're telling me. No, Pierce is fine. It's the actual gun barrel is computer cheat. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So you actually get to see Pierce in the gun barrel before they actually really show him up close mm-hmm. being a new Bond. Yeah, they did do that thing. Yes, where they, they were did. disguising for a second and then, you know. For a while, yeah. For a while. So when you then finally do see his deal. face, what's unique about it? It's Pierce Brown. He's upside down. He's upside down. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's like if, if it would be, there'd be like pee, like streaming past my face. <laughs> I'm to pee myself. Jump. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> So we're liking the opening credit scene. We're liking the action, right? Yeah. That from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Doesn't work down with the action. So what do you like? You like bungee jump or do you like rocking that motorcycle right off that cliff? <sighs> so I put <laughs> dive off the dam and in all caps, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out on that one too. Pat, not oh, that. which one I like? Yeah. Well, I, two I, really I, good scenes there. I like them all. I like your scene. <laughs> and there's Sneaky Bond right away, too. Yes, there is. It does mix in some good Sneaky Bond. And he looks like he's about the business in that. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he. I like the way he comes off in this one right away. A lot better than the Dalton did in his first. Don't hit me. <laughs> oh, I, I heard that silence. Ooh. I was going to say, is that a jet engine I hear as Jared's flying his way to Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's all right. This is a great opening scene. I'm not going to argue that with you. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. So let's talk a minute about motorcycle off the cliff to catch the plane. We got to talk about it. We do. Personally, I liked it a lot. I know that there is some... Okay, can a falling body catch a falling plane? Yes. 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 The plane has some natural lift and the body doesn't. To get those angles perfectly right would be dang near impossible. What I like about it when I saw it in the theater is I was about 18 years old, 17 years old. Yeah, I was 18, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I liked about it is it gave you that catch of your breath like, holy crap, you know, James Bond is fearless. And I liked starting the movie off with that feeling, that fearless maneuver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can a guy catch a plane? Okay, maybe. Yeah, probably could work that out. But with the amount of distance he had between there and the ground? Yeah. No, no man. Math does no. that up here. <laughs> he was fearless about that jump. Like, yep, this is what I planned and this is what I'm going to do. And very much like um, all of us have read a Batman comic book or 20. You just got to wonder, like, how exactly does anyone practice something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Today, we're going to catch a falling plane from a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> you're only going to get about one or two chances. I mean, even if you're successful, that's still a ton of money. <laughs> but you know what my favorite part of that scene, though, was? Was Oromov. Because, like, as he's riding away on a bike, they could have all just shot him in the back as he's heading for that cliff. But Oromov's like, no, no, no. I want to see this. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, he's like, look at this mother. Right here. <laughs> yeah, he, Ormoff had a look on his face like, I'm not even mad. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be like, you know, if he makes it, he, he kind of deserves to get away. <laughs> gotta say. It's tons of fun from the bungee jump to the little mini battle in the chemical weapons facility to the jump at the plane at the end. Sounds like we all agree it was a fun time. Has anybody got any final thoughts? Pat, you, sounds like you, you kind of see that shot over in a few other movies. When I see that plane going down the strip, there's a few other movies I've seen that in. You know, one comes to mind is Captain America. Yeah, that's true. Where he's chasing down the plane before it takes off. You know, that kind of a cliff thing. He's on a motorcycle too, isn't he? Oh, no, he's on a car. He's in the car. Yeah, but still, yeah. point taken. So I think this is the only one I've seen where he's actually jumped in, got into the plane while in the air. <laughs> if anyone could even pull off an equivalent stunt to that in real life, I mean, the stones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you would need to do that. The utter grapefruits. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he probably proved that he could do it just by jumping off the top of the dam. Yeah, with the bungee jump. Yeah, yeah. bungee jumping is something that was popular for our one time. I mean, do people still do that? I'm sure they probably do, but it was very much like a 90s thing, though, I think. It was. It? Maybe one day it'll bounce back. <laughs> 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 and with that, Jason, why don't you go ahead and take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this would be good. We're going to take a look at the song and the opening credits. This was Tina Turner, of course. And we know following License to Kill, this tough act to follow. Delvin, what did you think? Did she do it? Man, you started with me? <laughs> yep, I want to hear from you. So the analogy that I thought up of, you had Gladys. I mean, what didn't I say complimentary about her in that brilliant song? She burned it down. I mean, she burned down just Bond Studios, you know, went there, just <laughs> burned it to the ground. So much so it took six years for them to rebuild, <laughs> you know, this entire house and make it everything. And then Tina comes in and just drops a bomb on it all over again. <laughs> Boom. 
out again. Oh, all right. The song is brilliant. One of the things I, I've learned, you know, in my amateur, sub, super amateur karaoke career is there is a note or like a phrase in a song, every song that like, if you sing it, like you could botch nearly everything else in the song. You can miss a word. You could be a little bit off beat or off tune, but that one phrase, you've got to nail it. And if you nail it, everyone's going to remember that you killed that song. Now, of course, Tina did a great job job with the rest of the song but like that ending she soared on now I've got you in my sights and then she hit that last note on golden eye like (laughs) yeah brilliant song brilliant love it absolutely love that song well you're not going to get any arguments from me Delvin but what about you Pat what did you think of this Pat Pat. <laughs> Patronymous. Don't foxtrot this up. <laughs> not break my heart. Do not break my heart on this. Well, you know, it's a song that I don't remember. Uh-oh. I don't know where it made it in the pop charts or, or charts like that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right. Well, I'm just going to see how much airplay I got. I remember I seeing the video on MTV a lot. I don't know about necessarily hmm. hearing on the radio, but I remember as a freshman in college in 95, man, they played it on MTV quite a bit. This is unofficial. But I think in 1995, it was voted, you know, greatest song ever made. Ever made, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's important to point out that the songwriters were Bono and The Edge from U2. So that's a pretty good collaboration, U2 and Tina Turner. Mm -hmm. Mm. Or Bono. I think he says Bono. Yes. Yes. Other than that, I I recognize Tina Turner's voice. It's a decent song. Back in that time, I'm a radio guy. I'm listening to radio. And I'm trying to remember, have I heard this song before? If it was on the radio. Radio, I would remember it a lot more. Mm-hmm. All like right. This this, this, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds a little, uh, little shaky. Little pitchy dog. Well, why don't you uh, pass it around for the ratings, Pat? Put it in the bag. All right. We're going to rate this one a one through seven. Seven meaning you really liked it and one mean you didn't. So let's go ahead and see where Delvin left off. Seven. It's a seven. The song is amazing. Tina had a tough act to follow. She followed it brilliantly and in her own style. She didn't try and mimic Gladys Knight whatsoever. She went out and she did it in her own style, kind of like a what's love got to do with it. She nailed the song. Seven. All right. Well, let's find if it's a second time emotion for Jason or not. Seven. Everything Ooh. that Delvin said. And then some. This is one of those films. I've watched it. I don't know how many times, but I still get chills every time I hear those nose. Bum, 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 bum. Right after that opening credit. Oh, man. It's tasty. <laughs> Jared? I feel like if Joe November were here. <laughs> <laughs> He'd give it a 7.5. He'd give it, yeah, 7.5. I'd give him an 8 or a 9, but since uh, this caps out at 7, I got to give it that solid 7. So ooh. I got to turn this fickle finger of fate back to you, my friend. Oh, boy. Pat. A moment of truth here. Pat. Mm. Pat. You were snowing us and you have heard this song and you're about to give it a 7. No, I have not. I really haven't heard this song. So that's what was weird. And I, you you know, I don't listen to any of the other songs because I don't want to I don't want to taint my tastes. <laughs> <laughs> Take the taste. <laughs> 
I am going to give this a six. I'll That's take not it. Bad. I will take it. We'll take it. It's a good song, and I think it fits the, the show. And I definitely, like Jason said, you know, as it comes in, it plays well. And I like the title sequence, the stuff that's going on in the background as well, too. Kind of really fits into the movie. I thought that was very well done. And you know where I really miss it is in the end when they play whatever that crap was. <laughs> yeah, that was the I'm like, who is this? What's You'll hear on? it at the end of this episode, I guess, because Pat's been playing the <laughs> outro song in the edits. It was a unique one. It's like, eh, we paid Tina enough money. Let's give it to some local dude we found off the street. That was actually done by Eric Sarah, the guy who scored the film. I don't know who that is. He's the guy who scored the film. You made that up. No. I think he scored the film, and then he was like, eh, I'm just going to put that little song I wrote on the end so nobody <laughs> notices. <laughs> and nobody did. Nobody today's wrote. my day. <laughs> oh, today's contract. I get the outro. Yep. He was like, today's the day they stop laughing at you, Eric Sarah. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> they, oh. they stop laughing at Eric. No, it's oh. not, Eric. <laughs> no, it's not. No. It didn't do much for me. Like, I mean, especially since GoldenEye is so dang powerful. Mm-hmm. And that song, whatever it was called, is really light and airy. Yeah. We're not on post-credits. We, we, should, we gotta talk about the movie. Yeah, but I am gonna talk about music for a second, since we're talking music. Sure. Like I said, this is a very different soundtrack. Eric mm-hmm. Sarah's very unique sound. You might remember him from, like, Fifth Element, where I think his sound played really well. Okay. Um, yeah. I would be interested to hear your overall thoughts on the score, or, you know, maybe it didn't get your attention at all, but Pat, you sound like you have something to say about it. Yeah, I did notice a little bit different background music going on but I can't put my finger on it what kind of a sound it was I called it like an industrial almost hollow sound kind of yeah man it's interesting you mentioned industrial I remember in college I listened to a decent amount of alternative and I had a sweet mate who listened to industrial music and it just sounded like noise never was a huge fan Mm. well there's a lot of people who flat out hate this soundtrack you listen to the JBR guys they hate this sound track <laughs> i think eric sarah has a restraining order against <laughs> i don't hate it i find it unique the one thing i like about it is i can hear a track from it and go that's gold knight yeah it's definitely Not- unique uh, and that says something yeah i don't I, hate I think, it i think some of it worked well some of the cold war vibe type music mm-hmm. like yep. the scene when they're in the statue graveyard yep i thought that worked really well and then some of it i just thought was pop corny kind of I, I didn't really care for it like the little chase scene with the ferrari at the, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's the scene i was thinking of that music that was kind of weird it's like well this is kind of weird that's music. probably the most hated track off of the soundtrack for the haters that hate the soundtrack in general <laughs> This may be the most hated track in James Bond history. It could be. <laughs> yeah, you could have used a lot better. You know, you got a car chase going on. You don't need that. Meep, 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 meep. I don't know what I can even. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it didn't work for me. Well, we've belabored the musical point enough. Everybody gave it a seven like they were supposed to. No, mm-hmm. no, they didn't. <clears throat> who didn't? <clears throat> we'll look into it, Pat. We'll look into it. <laughs> the person who didn't give it a seven, it was a golden honey trap. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge is to kiss this time. Delvin's not going to miss. <laughs> now Delvin's pissed. <laughs> now he's got you in his side. I was about to shuffle us along into Jared's choice, but I got to go on record to say that this song, License to Kill, and Goldfinger are easily my top three. And you could shake a bottle and pour one out, and that would be my favorite one of that given day. Yeah. <laughs> 
Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We differ on, I mean, we differ on quite a few things, but we, the things that we have in, in common, Jared, particularly in the Bond universe, we seem to have it just nailed together. Nailed. So that's because you're doing it right. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into Jared's choice. This is where I pick out something that I think is standout from this film. We kind of compare it to films that we've had before, get the rookie agent's opinion. And this time I'm going brutal, brutal fist of cuffs. And I'm going to throw out three fight scenes to the rookie agents and they can rank order however they feel these were entertaining to them. Or if you feel like throwing a curveball, if you think of a fist of cuff that I didn't think of, toss it in. So we saw incredibly cool, raw fist of cuffs between two double O agents at the of this film they were trying to shoot each other i think there was a chain involved some guy fell down a ladder there was a lot of fisticuffs and it was fun to watch it put me in mind of the red grant train fight scene so think about that and perhaps a little bit of that george lazenby whack 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 maybe on the beach maybe when he fought oh what was was it what was your name for him delvin uh james brown james brown maybe when he fought james brown so let's talk fisticuffs and if i give you the three if i give you this golden eye double o fight scene in the end i give you red grant on the train and i give you some george lazenby beach fight action how do you feel about it pat i guess my top would be golden eye my bum, second bum, would bum. be grant mm-hmm mm-hmm and then my third is going to be Lazen Beyond the Beach. Did I miss anyone that you held in high esteem? It's really hard to say. There's so many. There's so many. I know they're blending one. together yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You're a rookie. I just thought a bar fight and license to kill. Oh, bar fight, license to oh, kill. Oh, yeah, did. that's pretty yeah, good, too. It did involve a stuffed fish. Fight. Yeah, it's the only <laughs> one that had a marlin in it, I think. And somehow Dario had a gun and still got his ass whooped the entire time. <laughs> it's me, Dario. Everybody punched Dario at some point in that scene. <laughs> But let's kick it over to Delvin. What do you think, man? I wrote in my notes. Let's see. I said that was a good fight at the end. I wrote that. I wrote yeah. That notes. Strong arm bar. And so <laughs> I'm going to stick with the red fight. You know what? No, I'm not. It was probably because it, it was a double O versus double O fight that tips the edge. Even though red was a Russian agent, it just seemed a little bit more personal and it showed Man, they went at each other. You can tell that Bond went from just personal and conflicted to, no, this MF has to die. (laughs) And even though, you know, M told me not to make it personal, it is a little bit personal. And I, and I have to be honest about that. So that was, that was cool. And so third would be the Lazenby fight. But yeah, very good fight. Jason, you got anything to add? You want to add green four to the mix? (laughs) (laughs) Green four is like, hold my beer. <laughs> I'm going in. <laughs> uh no, I think all three of these were great fights. I think I still kind of give from Russia with Love fight a little bit of an edge just because of the nostalgia and just the close proximity of the train quarters just made that a little bit more brutal. But god dang. Delvin and Pat aren't wrong, man. That is a great fight scene at the end of Golden Knight. Well, you can give the Red Grant fight a little bit of a boost, too, if you consider the time frame. You know, 1963-ish. Mm-hmm. And, man, I don't think anybody's seen anything like that before. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you could pretty much put it in a film today. It was ahead of its time. We'll just leave yeah. it that. I have a hard time picking between the train fight and this Trevelyan fight. Maybe because I watched it more recently, but I was really on this rewatch, like comparing it. Like, do I like this better than the train fight? And I think maybe, yeah, I do. Kind of, once again, lining oh. up with Delvin, it <laughs> has an emotion to it. It, it feels does, like these yeah. are two guys that were in competition back in the day yeah. and they haven't let it go. No, and this is for all the marbles right here. And I'll tell you what, this is this goes back to something that Delvin said back with Living Daylights with that fight against Necros on the back of the plane. That's kind of what I was looking for. Yeah. This type of fight on the back of that plane. I think mm-hmm. that would have just been awesome. I thought that same thing when I was watching it. Same thing. I thought about Delvin's comment. I thought, yep, this is what that fight with Necros should have been. Pat, yeah, it sounded like I, you want to say something. I was just going to say that I think what really sells it is the beginning, you know, the opening scene, just their banter back and forth. They're two buddies mm-hmm. that have to really go after each other at the end of it. Did you guys, I know you both had seen it back in the day, like when it was in the theater and you, and you haven't really seen it since. Did you guys remember that 006 from the beginning was going to be the villain? No. I did. You did, Pat? Yeah, I kind of remember. I'm like, this. I think this guy comes back again. So I was kind of waiting for him to show back up again. It was a good reveal, but some, I don't know, some would telegraph two things. One, the dude's just really handsome. (laughs) (laughs) And it just seemed unlikely to die early in a movie. (laughs) And so there was that. And then there was the, you know, Bond and Alec were just kicking butt and like trading quips back and forth and meet you at the bar and drinks on me. And then all of a sudden, Dude was just on his knees, like that seems convenient. <laughs> I'm on to you. Yeah, I, I, I didn't go full, you know, head turn, eye squinting, like. Mm. <laughs> but it, it kind of just like struck in the back of my head, like I was like, mm, I don't know about that. So yeah, I gotta add one more thing, Jared. Mm. I don't think I saw this in the theaters. Oh, I think I saw this in your trailer. Ooh. Probably accurate. Ooh. Because at the time, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like that long ago in a way it was in a way it wasn't. You were heralding the advent of the digital versatile disc. Mm. <laughs> I was, a.k.a. the DVD. We had to watch it on DVD. We had to. I would bet money. It's probably no watched disc. it on VHS maybe before that. <laughs> Actually, this I'm going to skip ahead to one of my Bond bombs and I'll have to replace it with another one. But this is the first of the James Bond films to be released on DVD. Oh. And I've been stepping all over Jason's toes asking questions about plot points. But Jason, lead him into the meat of the film and grab some highs and lows, would you, sir? I sure will. So let's get the highs and lows of the film overall from Agents Delvin and Pat. And we'll kick it off with Delvin. Uh, let's start off with a high and talk about the movie as a whole. Definitely not giving away any ratings or anything yet. But the movie as a whole, I am going to steal the line from Pat. I took notes, but they seem like really sporadic notes. And at times, I found myself just watching the action of this movie because there was a lot of it. Yep. There was a decent amount of action, not a decent amount. There was an ample amount of action. And, and we got to see everything that Pierce Brosnan is, I believe, positive and, and negative. There are a couple of negatives, but mostly positives. And it was an overall fun movie to watch. That's my first time. All righty. What about you, Pat? Hi, low. What do you think? I'm going to agree with Delvin on there, even though he stole my line. 
Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I didn't really take a lot. Of, I have very <laughs> few notes. And I agree with there was a lot of action. I was sucked into it from the beginning of the opening scene. So I was I was into this thing the whole time. So I, I really enjoyed it. I want to add that I was unsure whether that opening scene was going to tie into the movie. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. The mystery was revealed as soon as the credits ended and said nine years later, like, but still, I was wondering. I was wondering. A lot of it also brings back memories because it is one that I do kind of remember. I don't remember all of it, but just seeing some of the scenes takes me back to the video game. Oh, yes. What a great game. Yeah. Great, great, great game. game. I know a lot of people played the heck out of that game. I wasn't really one of them, but nearly everyone else I know did. Let me throw this out to you guys. I'll start with you, Delvin. What did you think of Pierce Brosnan as James Bond? Was it kind of a shock to you? Did it absorb with you right away? How'd you feel? He got me right away. What I wrote in my notes was a pun and we're off. I'm into uh, Pierce as Bond pretty much right away. He's kind of a fusion, if you think about it. Like, Mm -hmm. he has that... You know, sex appeal of a Connery. He has the physical chops of a Lazenby. He had a little bit of that comedy of more. He threw a lot of puns out there. A decent amount of them didn't land to me. Like, it was, I was like, yeah, you didn't really need to say that. But it was just empty dialogue. But were they the way it was delivered, though? The delivery wasn't really cheesy. I don't know. It was just the lines kind yeah. of felt just a little flat. Kind of like a, like Schwarzenegger would throw out lines. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I totally agree with you. The thing that made me smile was that opening car chase with Anatop where he kind of looked at Anatop and kind of gave her that nod and a smile. That was Roger Moore. Yeah. (laughs) That is Roger Moore right there. But all of that was Pierce Brosnan though. He wasn't trying to be anyone other than himself and that was clear. But he just had those elements of the bonds in the past. So long answer, Jason Short, I liked it. I liked Pierce Brosnan and was immediately bought into him being Bond. Nice, nice. What about you, Pat? Did he have you from the get-go or did you have to warm up to him a little bit? No, he had me at the get-go as well, too. I think this movie, he's really physical in this with the stunts and the fights. The other great thing about this, there's a lot of gunfight in here. I really enjoyed that, too. It's like there's a lot of back-and-forth gunfight on this one. And I like what they did with some of the camera moves when he's sneaking around. You just get that flash of light by his eyes and mm-hmm. the rest yep. is kind of shadowy and he had me all right so last questions and we'll turn it over to pat for a double o player what you guys think of judy dench as him oh man uh, you're eliminating our highs and lows i don't mind yeah. that at all i kind of like how you're leading this discussion Jay. yeah he's doing yeah, a good definitely. job with that i like it yeah so, they're not laughing at you jason <laughs> okay, I, I, I know I'm risking it here. Are they going to laugh at me? I don't know. I'm getting muted. I'm getting cut, aren't I? You're doing good. You're doing good. All right. So, Pat, we'll start with you this time. What did you think of Judy Dench's M? I liked it. I was kind of expecting it when I saw the name in the credits. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, Judy Dench is in this one and she's M. So I was like, oh, this is going to be good. It's the first time she's going to be in it. And I really liked it. And I liked the way when she was talking to him in his office. Uh, and he kind of reminds her, well, you're a previous. And then she kind of puts him in his place. I prefer bourbon. Yeah. That's my kind of girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew, yeah. I knew Pat would be in a, at that moment. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm going to have one with you, Judy. <laughs> no, 
Yes. Yes. All right. I really All liked right. her, yeah. So, Delvin, what about you? Did you warm up to Judy Dench's M? It was such an interesting dynamic. Let me pay some attention to my notes here because I know I said something. Give me one. I said, very interesting. Clearly in charge with a woman's touch. Approved. Clearly, none of us are ever going to be women in the workplace. Could you imagine, like, all this time, the only M that we have known is a man. And maybe that was on purpose. Maybe it was not. But now there's a woman in this place. And it seemed like she was kind of projecting a little bit of doubts, even though she was doing it to James Bond. You know, it's like, you don't like me. And you think that I'm just kind of like a number cruncher. I'm mangling the line. The thought uh, had occurred to me. But yeah, I mean, and and Bond did not, he didn't, I mean, he in a classy way, but he didn't highlight, yeah, I kind of don't like you. And she came right back at him. Like, yeah, you know, I think you're outdated and antiquated and a freaking, what did she say? Chauvinist pig or something like that? Misogynist dinosaur. Dinosaur. Like, dang, ooh, ow. (laughs) She lit into his behind. Yeah, yeah. On that. And then, I mean, very intentionally had this line about if you don't think I have the balls and then she just finished out but she's like but I still care about you like in the middle of all that she gave a very clear direction Mm -hmm. I want you to go out there find out what happened to Goldeneye find who took it find what they intend to do with it stop it very clear direction and she showed the concern of you know take care of yourself yeah come back back alive so yes I liked the day. I would love to know why they made the decision for female M. Were they doing it just to say, does it matter what sex M is? The answer is no. Especially, I mean, they had Judy Dench. So, I mean, they, they didn't take that lightly. She fit right in. Like, I forgot I forgot that the dame was M. And she, she stuck around for a while, correct? Yeah, she's in it for mm-hmm. two bonds. She yeah. lasts longer than the bonds. Yeah. Yep. And by all means, she deserved it. She did a fantastic job. I enjoyed her. Well, if you're patient, Delvin, I have some thoughts on the Lady M, which I will cover my bond bombs. Love to hear it. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll do one more round so you can get out another set of highs and lows between the two of you, just in case you have any further thoughts, since I've been kind of monopolizing the questions. So, Pat, we'll start with you. Any highs or lows that you want to get off your chest? I'll give another high, and it kind of goes along with M. I liked Money Penny in this. Mm -hmm. Very sweet and easygoing. I thought uh, it was really good banter back and forth between her and James. There was nothing ever missed there. Was she a new one too? Yes. Okay. And then I liked uh, seeing Q again. Oh, of Q. course. Yeah. Of course. They intentionally made his scene comedic. The dude in the phone booth. <laughs> hey, don't, touch, don't touch that. That's my lunch. <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> the writing's on the wall. Along with, with the, the rest, rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> it broke up those action parts very well. Again, the story, the plot, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the leading ladies. You had kind of the opposites. One who likes to kill and gets off on it. <laughs> Doesn't she? Yeah, she does. That's the time or mom just gave her that look. She was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, freak, man. <laughs> I know. I was like, whoa, boy. You know who she reminded me of? Christopher oh. Walker. Uh, oh yeah, I can see that. that yeah, real I can see that. Our personality, particularly when she came into the satellite. Yeah, mowed them all down. Just mowed them down and was just ah, ah, like. <laughs> 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 like you said, Uramov's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, the old girl is crazy. <laughs> I'm not Glad sure she's, she's on my completely <laughs> stable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, Pat? No, I think that's it. Like I said, I didn't really take a lot of notes, so I just enjoyed watching this movie. Are you sure you don't have anything else, Pat? Oh, well, double O player. <laughs> <laughs> Even with that, too, that was one thing that was kind of short in this. I'm counting the lady who was sent to evaluate him. Oh, yeah. I'm counting yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. I count that. That yeah. was a done deal. You know that. Of course, Natalia. Yep. Talia and Anatop. I don't know Poss- if he actually closed the deal with her. Well, no, but he, he, he was oh, trying you're to work. That, you're doing that thing you do. Right? I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, hate to say, I mean, and on, the top, on the top does not count. <laughs> we don't know what happened between when he knocked her out and when he went into those statues. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, James Bond, no. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I mean, man. he was working it. You know, he was trying to. He, he kissed her. He voluntarily yeah, Pat, kissed we're gonna, her. We're going to have to have a talk about how double O player works. <laughs> No. <laughs> and we are 16. 16 in, in the book. We're on 17. If you don't get it now, he ain't never going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, smoke man. count. Smoke if you got them. There's no smoking in this No one. smoking. I don't think there's... I don't what? know if smoking is going to come back, to be honest with you. There was smoking. Yeah. Not by Bond. Not a top. Not a top smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not by Bond. Fair enough. Not even a cigar. So, hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I, I found that interesting that as far as the ladies go, putting his Bond moves on him, not a lot of girls. No. Even the, the dame shot him down right away. He's like, you ain't cheese. <laughs> I have one question before we wrap things go up about it. the movie. You had Jack Wade, mm-hmm. the CIA agent. Right. I know where this is going. And you know that, where I ask. And the answer is, I have no idea. I have no idea either. <laughs> Why isn't it Felix Slider. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really hoping Don Zoiderman tells us. <laughs> I mean, because like he came in, he was sounding a little bit Southern, probably texting. I'm like, oh, Felix. Oh, oh Jack Wade. What? Heads up. He's going to come back too. He's a recurring character. I was waiting for him to get his uh, army models out. Good eye, Pat. The same actor who played Brad Whitaker. Very good, Pat. Proud of you. Very interesting how he changed the character around, at least, <laughs> you know, how he portrayed Whitaker and now how he's portraying this guy. I'm looking at the IMDb database and it says it's the first of two appearances by Joe Don Baker as Jack Wade. Wade was created as a replacement for Felix Leiter because he had lost his leg and presumably retired from field work as a result and licensed to kill. Oh, they were actually using some continuity. Yeah, that's the thing. They just kind of dip in and out of this continuity thing. Make Felix a cyborg. We can build him bigger. Funny story, Delvin. <laughs> yes, interesting you should see. <laughs> in the comic books, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, the Felix Leiter comic book, he basically has a cybernetic arm and leg. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And man, that comic is rocking, by the way. That does sound interesting. Well, Jason, before you wrap it up, I got two things I want to say. Go for it. As Go a reminder, it. like I, I kind of coached the rookie agents a little bit before you know keep in mind there was a six-year hiatus some thought the franchise was dead this is one of those rare moments where i saw a movie in a theater and when pierce first steps on screen with that gun barrel there was actual theater erupt into applause i love it when that happens Mm. it's very memorable for me i'm pretty sure i saw this on opening night i know i saw it in the theater at least three or four times but i always remember those moments in movies where the theater actually erupts into applause and it absolutely did I could just relive that moment for the rest of my life. So I just wanted to add that personal memory about Goldeneye. 
But let's have Jason give us his quick thoughts on the film, and I bet he's probably got some bond bombs. <laughs> you dropped a bomb on me. Bomb bomb number one. I just thought this was funny, so I, I had to share it. So this goes back to License to Kill, 1989, right? When they were promoting the film, they had an advertising campaign to help generate interest. And the winner of the campaign was promised a cameo role in the next James Bond picture. They realized it was going to be six years later. <laughs> six years later, they still reached out, got the contest winner, and she actually has a cameo in the film. And if you're interested in the scene where Bond and Zinnia are playing in the casino, she's standing over on the top shoulder in the golden black evening dress. Good for her. Patience, patience, patience. Wow. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That is cool. That's cool that they honored it. Yeah. Yeah, they still did. That was funny. And number two, so they wrote the script. Actually, they had the script finished around 1993. And then along comes True Lies in 1994. Ooh. And True Lies was so close to the script to Goldeneye that they had to basically rewrite the whole script. Really? I didn't know that. And by the way, I love True Lies. Yeah. <laughs> True Lies is a good movie. True Lies is a good movie. And it, it borrows heavily from the James Bond franchise. Maybe it should have been called True Plagiarized? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bond Bond number three. And this goes back to your comments, Delvin, about Dame Judi Dench. So Dame Judi Dench's role as M is actually based off an actual MI6 or I'm sorry, she was MI5, Director General of MI5, and her name was Stella Remington, and that's who Judy Dench is kind of mirrored off. Lois Maxwell, Ms. Moneypenny, brought this attention to Martin Campbell, the director, and brought up the Stella Remington character and said, hey, it'd be cool to have a female M, and Campbell revived the idea for the movie. Well, there you go. I like the idea of Judy Dench even better now because Lois Maxwell had a hand in it. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. she sure did. She made several suggestions during her tenure as Money Penny and a little bit after. And Martin Campbell said, Yeah, I agree. And I can imagine that maybe Martin like was gonna forget a little bit, and Lois was like, Come on, put a wiggle in it. <laughs> Come on, Campbell, well get a wiggle on. Yeah. <laughs> well played, well played. Nice, nice. <laughs> I'm gonna jump in and get my two cents on the Dame Judy Dench M because I didn't pipe up before. But I'm pretty much echoing what Delvin said. They, they played that scene perfectly because if you watch that scene from a manly man James Bond's got to be the winner of every discussion you can watch that discussion and be like yeah Bond did good and you can watch that scene from the you know women's empowerment we got a female M and she's got to win that discussion and you go yeah she did really good <laughs> <laughs> what, what a perfect balance where both characters got to be themselves. They both got to establish their strength, but they came away, like we talked about before, with an obvious care for one another and respect. And I was like, it's perfectly played. Yeah. And they play it out. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, but they continue to expand on this in the course of the movies. Oh, yeah. And one of the other things that I really enjoyed about Pierce Brosnan and his role here in Bond is he is that double O agent who's having to move from the Cold War world into the post-Cold War world. There are a lot of things that are changing that Bond is uncomfortable with and having a 
woman boss is just one of those things. It really kind of tapped into the zeitgeist of the times pretty well. I mean, we were all, you know, as an interplanet society, having to move from the rules of the Cold War to the post-Cold War world, women's empowerment, and Bond found himself right there in the middle of it. And I think the acting and the interaction between Dame Judi Dench and Pierce Brosnan was just outstanding. They made a couple of references during the movie about how James Bond was a relic. Like, man, they are... (laughs) not afraid to take shots at the lead character. Yeah. They could have protected Bond, you know what I'm saying? Like, in a way that probably would have been a little condescending, and they didn't. They really didn't. Well, now that we've had Jason's 007 trivia nuggets all laid out on the table, and we've enjoyed them. (laughs) We're so mature here. Coconuts on my junk. (laughs) Let's get the rookie agents to actually score this film. Jason, make that happen. All right. We will score it from one to seven martinis. For those that are listening for the first time, seven martinis means you loved it. It shook your martini, did not stir it. Number six means it was excellent. Five, very good. Four is good. Three, eh, just okay. Two, eh, not so good. And one, you hated it. I asked for it shaken and you stirred it. Death to you. All right. Yeah. Ooh, stir this martini and you get a one. Did it shake it? Did it stir it somewhere in between? Delvin, how many martinis? Looks like uh, I'm, I'm going to have to call a cab home, perhaps. I'm giving this six martinis. <sighs> if Musical Genius Joe November were here. <laughs> you give it 6.5? I mean, I wanted to give it a seven. I'm picky with my sevens. The reason why I didn't... It was Sarah, wasn't it? No, no, no. There, no, there were a couple of reasons. License to Kill had at least four moments where I'm like, whoa, or what the heck? At least four. And the biggest reveal in this one was that Alec was still alive. And then I also just, it felt like I would be unfair to Pierce if I just started out with a seven, because that would just cast an unnecessary <laughs> expectation on the you rest. You should have started with a <laughs> seven. <laughs> Yeah, you'll never see that seven, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. You never know his taste. I think it's legit, though, Del. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh, this movie was super enjoyable. It was a great welcome back. And I found myself just watching the movie and not looking at the phone, much like one of your requirements on Action Film Face-Off. I greatly enjoyed the movie. All right, Pat, your turn, sir. One through seven, what you giving it? I'm going to go with that extra stuff that Delvin just can't go. I'm giving it a seven. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Excellent. I loved it. Like that one said, it was a great welcome back. Even though for us, it was only maybe a month or so. But a month. <laughs> Didn't have to wait six years. <laughs> yeah. We hit the fast track. Yeah, you said you've seen it before, right? Yeah, I've seen it before. I mean, I, I own it on Laserdisc. Oh, Cool. So I think I may have watched it in the theater and then maybe watched it again once on the laser disc and that was it. You should watch oh, it more right. often. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna because it's one of those now that I've seen it again all the way through. I'm like, ah, you know, I gave it a seven. <laughs> what else do you want from it? Yeah. You gave it a seven. <laughs> I might have to start going through my own, do another podcast about just going through Pat's laser discs. Pat's laser disc box. I'm down for it. Yeah. There's a lot of gems in there. Well, Jason, you did a good job on getting those scores. I'm interested to see what uh, what do you think, Jason? One to Musical genius Joe November were here. (laughs) I'm going to give it a six. I think I'm with Delvin on a six. I think there are a couple movies that I like just a little bit better, but this one is sure entertaining and I love it. Well, I think it's excellent. I don't love it or it would be a seven. (laughs) Ooh, see, you know you want to give it. There's that Joe November sauce in there. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to stick with a six. Okay. Uh, I'm all in on a seven. As I've told you guys before, there's four James Bond films that occupy my top four spots, and we can jumble those up and dump one out at any given moment, and it'd be my number one. And this is in that four. So I'm a big GoldenEye guy. Right my tummy feathers. Nothing wrong with finding your joy, sir. Not at all. So if it's in your top four, it could be, it's a seven? Yeah. Then mine's a seven. (laughs) Okay. You don't have to play by my rules. <laughs> no, 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 in all seriousness. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's that's the seven. All right. Good dang film. Well, thank you, gentlemen. And now it's time to crown this episode's double O award winner. Pat and Delvin will do this by answering a series of trivia questions on Golden Eye. Delvin is the current champion and gets to go first. But before we do that, let's take a quick break to thank our Patreon sponsors. White Rocket Entertainment. These are the folks getting it done for us here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. We greatly appreciate the following fine folks. Brendan O'Dwyer, Samuel Salvatore, Christopher Burleson, Carl Von Drunker, Phil Amthor, Winston Bodie, Willie Carden, Susan Trawick, Ben Spooner, Steve Thompson, Chris Usher. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Justin Bean, Steve Trawick, Richard Stevens, Johnny Caldwell, Reynolds Wolf. Hello. Joshua Corbett, Valiant Hermes, Jacob and Robin Fleming, Clay Henson, Ann Kanji and Catherine England, George Gaston, Will Summerford, John McCune, Tom Anderson, David Evers, Andrew Barber, Timothy, Steve Harlan, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Rich Reimer, Gerard Albrecht, William Glenn Matthews, Joel Beckham, Theodore Gary, Shannon Butson, Taylor, David Hegler, Mickey B, Hugh Anderson, Shane Bailey, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, Tony Perry, Alex Gwynn, Josh Teal, David Simpson, Earl Ricks, Mike Finley, C.T. Wayne, David Powell, Donnie Reynolds, Wade Carson, Ivor Evans, John Zavachin, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, Chris, Wardam Wade, Jason Albrick, Randall Walker, Ben Amos, Ruth, and Darren Sutherland, Patrick Williams, Rob Morgan, Steve Schuster, James Taylor. Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. So good. John Stubbs, Kenneth Brent Rains, Nicholas Craig, you ain't got us a lot. Russell Milling, Matthew Wagstaff, Joey Miller, Mark Squire, Spanky, Brent Rumble, J.W. Pepper Rice, Michael Morton, and Lawrence Kane. And of course, our one-time and anonymous donors, one of which is not anonymous, it's Surfer Chickify, and we greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to help us invest in an overly complicated drug smuggling scheme, I love not reading these in advance. (laughs) (laughs) You too can help sponsor the show over at Patreon.com. Just search for the keyword Plexico, P-L-E-X-I-C-O. You can give us little as $1 a month to help keep Agent Jason's toothpaste tube filled with dentonite. And like all those other folks' names you just heard, you'll get a shout out on every episode of all White Rocket shows, including this one. As a Patreon, you also get bonus materials, behind-the-scenes information on all White Rocket endeavors. That includes our novels, our comic books, and more. You know what? And if I missed your name on this list, we do record these well in advance, so we will get that straightened out on a future episode. But you know what? You can still hit us up on the Twitter at OHMSPod and just let us know we missed you. Or you can email us OHMSPod at Outlook.com. We'll straighten it out. Back to Jason. Okay. Let's find out who this mission's trivia double O award winner is going to be. So he can lord it over the other guy until the next episode. Agent Jared and I have each prepared three questions for a total of six. We'll take turns asking each of our contestants a question. You get it right. That's one point. You get it wrong. Your opponent has an opportunity for a sneaky bond steal. Most points gets you the coveted double O award, a used bullet riddled semi rig, and an opportunity to watch the buddy, you bastard. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, supplies last, not available in all areas. Let's start the segment we call Agents Under Fire. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. Oh, boy. So here we go. Delvin is our current champion. Do you want to go first or second? You know the deal, sir. Second. He's the second kind of guy. So, Pat, you're going first. Who do you want to read your question? You know, I'm going to have you do it. You know, wink, wink, wink. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. What's that wink mean? No, nothing. Go on. Just say hi to me. I tell you what, boys, I got a tip of the cap to my brother once again when I sent him the questions for vetting. Jason got 100%, and I'm talking bonus questions and everything. Dang. Jay, he did not miss a beat on this movie. No, I was answering him as you were sending him. Pow, 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 pow. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) You're a nice guy. Nice guy. All right, so I'm kicking it off with Pat. Here we go. How many GoldenEye satellites did the Russians have in orbit? Two. That By is the correct. end of the film, they had zeros. <laughs> <laughs> but two is the correct answer. Good job, Pat. All right, let's keep pace, Delvin. What were the timers in the pre-credit sequence set to before James changed them to three minutes? It was at six minutes. Well done. Neck and neck going into the medium round. Medium round. Pat, how does Anna Top take her martini? Uh, Straight up with a twist. There ah, you go. There it is. There <laughs> oh, it is. Counted you out there for a half. Yeah, I had to think about it. I'm like, did she say twist or not? I'm like, ah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's an awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Delvin's got this on lock. This question. Uh, oh, all right. Why you say that? I don't. No, no, no. You 100% got this. I guarantee you. What form of transportation? Now, for reals, what item in the lab does Q not want Bond to touch? She <laughs> didn't want him to touch his sub sandwich. <laughs> Absolutely. Ding, 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 ding. Ooh, it is neck and neck going into the hard questions. All right. Pat, I feel like you've got this in you, being a computer guy. Boris created two passwords in the film that Natalia had to break. What were the two passwords? Knockers and chair. You got it. Woo, I did it. All right. So, Delvin, hard one. So, you got to put your thinking cap on. What system did Natalia specialize in for her job on the GoldenEye satellite? Hmm. Pretty sure I didn't write that. No, I heard it. I want to give him a hint so badly. But I, know <laughs> I know you Pat. do. I do, too. I feel it inside me. <laughs> I know Pat would just riot if we did. <laughs> nah, can't give me a hint. I don't know. Oh, that makes you the champion, Pat. Do you want to show off and steal this last one? She's a second level programmer. Yes, and she works on the telemetry. You're close. She works on the guidance system. The guidance system. Yeah. Oh, well fought. Well fought. Boy, that came down to the fine. Hey, you won. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. Oh, yes. (laughs) I've never heard him like this before. I'm excited. Guess who's back? (laughs) Back again. Patrick's back. Tell your your friends. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations to Pat. Be sure to do the right and proper thing and lord this victory over Delvin until you meet again in the field next episode. You want it. You keep it, old buddy. Now for our final segment of the show called Return Fire. This never happened to the other fellow. 
During return fire, our rookie agents Pat and Delvin get to toss Jason and I a trivia question each that they brought with them and attempt to stump the double O experts. Jason has no notes. He's relying on me. This can't I've end well. I left my PPK back in my nightstand. I'm out here all exposed. <laughs> you thought it was like your spy watch, but you just grabbed like your regular old Walmart watch. <laughs> yes. and, oh, goodness. Delvin had a rough go of it in the trivia today, so we'll let him go first. What do you got for us, Delvin? The last golden night I was up was Mishka. Mm -hmm. There were four categories of coordinates that I wrote down that Mishka took. (laughs) Come on now. Go on. What are those categories? Oh, jeez. That's funny as I remember the scene and I remember seeing it up on the screen and I was like, all those coordinates at the bottom. And I was like, nobody's going to go to that level. Not numerically. I don't want the numbers. I get you the category. I am. Gosh, I'm not going to remember. I know there's four different categories down there. 100% not going to remember. You got me. Is one of them altitude? Yes. Is one of them apogee? No. Latitude? Not latitude. No. Longitude? (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. Location was one. Okay. All right. Damn, Jason. All right. We got altitude, location, time. Time to target was one. Damn it, Jason. Time to target. I'm totally just making this up. What would be a good fourth one? Velocity. The target itself. Man, you did better than I thought, Jason. Oh, God. (laughs) Unprepared, wholly unprepared, Jason has defeated Jared in his book of notes. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) I was was trying to think of everything that was on like a UAV feed (laughs) for my old Intel days. Man, the funny thing is, I considered pausing it there and writing some stuff down, and I was like, nah, not this point in the film. All right. We fought the good fight. We lost it. I guess, Pat, you got to kick us while we're down. Softball. Yeah. Give me a softball. Well, I, you guys may get this one. What make of radio is in Bond's car? It's an Alpine. It's an, yep. It's What's an the model number? You can shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a model D's nuts. Oh, that's a pretty classic Alpine, though. I think I had that one. I spotted that Alpine, but I if there was a model number on, I didn't catch it. Seventy-eight seventeen R. I'm impressed you got Alpine. You did better. Yeah. I thought for sure that you were going to ask me the specs on the computers that she ordered. Fake ordered. I wrote down all of them. (laughs) Like the 500 megabit hard drive. 14.4 modem. (laughs) The 14.4 modem with the (laughs) CD-ROM. You got more power than that in your phone right now. But at the time, you know, that's actually, things were just starting to move up in the time there. I thought for sure that was what Pat was going to ask me. I was like, oh, he's going to be all over these computer specs. All right. Well, we we muddled through that. (laughs) What's the opposite of good? We did that. (laughs) We did that. Whatever that is. Like, if you don't accomplish your mission, what's that called? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nicely done, guys. You got us. Agent Jared, what do we have in the eyes only mailbag this week? What, no small talk? No chit chat? Why, thank you, Jason. As a reminder to the audience, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com. Over on Twitter, we're at ohmspod. So you can use that email. And again, that's ohmspod at outlook.com and send us an audio recording of your question or comment. We might even play it on the show. Also, if you're an iTunes listener, if you're listening on iTunes right now, get your headphones in, perhaps. We'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show. 
helps raise the show's profile. It'll attract more of the 007 family to this program. And as a reward for leaving a review, we'll read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. So help us out on that one. We greatly appreciate it. So let's get to our regular feedback segments. All of our fan favorites are here. Here they go. You want to hear them? Here they go. We're going to start with, of course, Darren and Ruth. Ruth and Darren, our Rad Adventures Network friends. But here, RAD stands for Research and Development Q Branch. Let's see what they have to say. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren of the Rad Adventures Network. We're with Research and Development Q Branch, and we're here to share our thoughts about GoldenEye from 1995. Following a six-year hiatus, James Bond returned to the screen in 1995 with GoldenEye, featuring Pierce Brosnan as the British spy. GoldenEye was a huge success and was the fourth highest-grossing film of 1995 and the most successful 007 film at that point in time. Timothy Dalton was offered a chance to return to the role, but he only wanted to do one more movie, thus fulfilling his three-movie contract. However, after a six-year gap, producers did not want him back for a single film and then have to recast the role. So producers turned to Pierce Brosnan, who they had originally wanted in 1987, but he wasn't available then because of the Remington Still TV series. That decision was a good one, with Pierce Brosnan receiving universal acclaim for his performance from both critics and fans. Critics credited him with playing a well-rounded and psychologically complete character and praised his flair for wit and his natural charm. And in addition to Brosnan, the other members of the cast helped make this movie shine. Award-winning actress Judi Dench was cast as the new M. As the first actress to play the role, her casting was a tribute to Stella Remington, who had become the first female head of MI5 in 1992. Sean Bean is excellent as 006 turned traitor. He was well-known in the UK at the time for playing Richard Sharp in a series of successful TV movies throughout the 1990s and early 2000s. Today, he is also well-known for the Lord of the Rings movies and the Game of Thrones TV series and many other roles. Famke Jansen seems to be having tons of fun as Xenia Onatop. She would later go on to play Jean Grey in the X-Men movies. Alan Cumming is hilarious as computer geek Boris. He's an award-winning actor and singer, and we were lucky to see him during a concert tour of the U.S. a few years ago. Robbie Coltrane makes an excellent Russian gangster. We were already fans of him from the TV series Cracker, and he would go on to play Hagrid in the Harry Potter films. And in case you missed it, Minnie Driver makes a cameo appearance in his club playing the very bad country and western singer. The appropriately named Samantha Bond is our new money penny, and she is easily our favorite next to Lois Maxwell. We were already fans of Samantha Bond from the TV series Rumpel of the Bailey, and she's great in this role too. And Desmond Llewellyn returns as Q, and he and Pierce Brosnan do a terrific job of exchanging witty remarks in a great scene. And finally, an interesting casting detail for fans of Doctor Who is that Paul McGann was the backup choice if Brosnan had turned down the role. McGann would go on to become the eighth Doctor in the 1996 Doctor Who movie. The title Goldeneye comes from the name of Ian Fleming's estate in Jamaica, where he wrote the Bond novels and it was also the name of one of the operations he oversaw during his time with British Naval Intelligence. And you might notice that Joe Don Baker occasionally calls 007 Jimmy, which might be a nod to the 1954 TV adaptation of Casino Royale, which featured Barry Nelson playing Jimmy Bond. Sadly, this was the final film with special effects by Derek Mettings, and it's dedicated to him. He was known for his work on various Supermarionation TV shows of Jerry Anderson, as well as the Superman films of Christopher Reeve, 
Tim Burton's Batman, and several Bond films during the 1970s and 1980s. And now it's time for 007 Hits and Misses, when we share our thoughts on two low points and seven high points in the film. This is an excellent movie, so low points are few and far between, but there are a couple. I personally don't care for the scene of the cyclists toppling over like dominoes during the car chase in Monte Carlo early in the film. It's not a horrible scene, but it's very cheesy and seems a little out of place in this movie. And I don't like that they have Trevelyan survive the fall from the antenna near the end of the film. It just seemed they couldn't decide whether they wanted to kill him in a fall or kill him by having the antenna fall on him. So essentially, they killed him twice. But honestly, those are our only two complaints in an otherwise excellent film. So here are our top hits. And we had a difficult time narrowing it down to seven because there are so many. Number seven. The opening sequence is fantastic. From a vertigo-inducing bungee jump from a dam to a tense standoff against Soviet soldiers, to a motorcycle plunge off a mountain to catch an out-of-control plane. It's spectacular, and easily one of my favorite opening sequences in any Bond film. Number six, the great opening song by Tina Turner is powerful, and the accompanying visuals of a woman destroying the hammer and sickle from the Soviet flag is appropriate, as this was the first Bond film made after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Number 5. Seeing James Bond driving the 1965 Aston Martin DB5 early in the movie. This helps connect this film to the earliest movies with Sean Connery, and we were lucky to see this car at the Bond in Motion exhibit in London. Number 4. The wonderful banter between Bond and Moneypenny, and between Bond and Q. Both sequences are great fun, and the actors perform so well together. Number 3. The tank chase through St. Petersburg. Who would have thought a high-speed chase with a tank would be so much fun? And we love it when Bond pauses briefly to straighten his tie. Classy. Number two, the satellite dish hidden in the mountain. Like the Aston Martin DB5, this calls back to the early Sean Connery movies with plots where launch pads were hidden in volcanoes. It's imaginative and exciting. And number one is Pierce Brosnan, who is easily our favorite Bond next to Sean Connery. He's everything James Bond should be. Cool, suave, intelligent, witty, calculating, and more. He's quoted as saying he wanted to play a version of Bond that was between Sean Connery and Roger Moore, and we think he's completely successful in doing that. Thank you once again to our friends Jared, Jason, Delvin, and Pat for letting us share our thoughts. Remember, we're RAD, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. And research and development. How did we forget to talk about the tank chase in our discussion? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so good. Tank chase in there, too. Yeah, it was good. I love how he tried. He, he didn't try, but he rounded the corner and just <laughs> burst a bigger hole through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> such a great scene. Such a great scene. And Ruth and Darren reminded me, too, that I got to do a little 007 bragging here because I've been to the GoldenEye Estate in Jamaica. So that was cool. And I've been to the Arecibo Satellite Dish where they filmed all those satellite dish scenes at the end of the film. So. That was also kind of fun. That's in Puerto Rico. Nice. I don't know why I don't just let them do the bond bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, just give them that section. Save yes. us all time. Oh, good stuff. Pat, you got anything for Ruth and Darren? Great as always. Uh, they caught what I did with Mini Driver. Yes. Yes, they did. There's yeah. one thing I wanted to add, Jared, because I wrote it in my notes when Money Penny and James were talking and she said, that's sexual harassment. And then they started talking about it. He was like, oh, well, what are you, basically, what are you going to do about it? I was like, that is not the penalty for sexual harassment. <laughs> She's like, you've got to make good on your innuendos. Yeah, like, like, now what? you're just encouraging them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah all my sexual harassment training went right out the window with that scene. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I think it's about time for us to listen to some Agent. <laughs> 
Agent, Agent I. We got our friend Joseph Iliff. I bet he's going to do some kind of a Fleming connection to the novels. This is Agent I with the Fleming connection for the 1995 movie GoldenEye. The movie itself does not derive any significant material from a Fleming novel or short story, but the name of the film does have a connection to Ian Fleming. After serving in British naval intelligence during World War II, Fleming purchased 15 acres on the north coast of Jamaica. He had been stationed in Jamaica for part of the war and decided to retire there. He built an estate on land near Oracabessa Bay and named it Goldeneye. Oracabessa means golden head in Spanish, but the name of the estate is thought to come from a mission Fleming was assigned during the war. Fleming's assignment was to design a defense for the British overseas territory of Gibraltar in case Spain entered the war against the Allies. This was called Operation Goldeneye. It was at his desk inside Goldeneye with a gold-plated typewriter that Fleming wrote his Bond novels, starting with Casino Royale in 1952. Goldeneye became famous when, in 1956, British Prime Minister Sir Anthony Eden spent several weeks there recuperating from a bad health episode. Also, some scenes from 1962's Dr. No were filmed nearby, and a place on Oracabessa Bay is now called James Bond Beach. Following Fleming's death in 1964, the property was purchased by Chris Blackwell, a reggae music producer who grew up as a neighbor to Fleming, and he actually worked as a location scout during the production of Dr. No. For both Fleming and Blackwell's ownership of Goldeneye, there have been several famous visitors to the site. The musician Sting wrote the song Every Breath You Take while sitting at Fleming's desk while staying there in 1982, which seems appropriate given the song's spy-like lyrics. Today, Goldeneye is an exclusive resort, and for a few hundred dollars a night, you can stay there too if you happen to find yourself on the north coast of Jamaica and want to touch a tangible part of the legacy of the real James Bond, Ian Fleming himself. You can follow me on Twitter at SeekOutWisdom, for more James Bond knowledge, this is Agent I signing off. Yeah, you got Agent I. How much are you saying, like? A couple hundred. Yeah, sounds so, interesting. When I went to Jamaica, I got myself a cab driver, and I said, I want to go see the GoldenEye Estate. <laughs> and he said, all right. And he drove me up there. And yeah, it's quasi-privately owned, like you said, like a resort, like an Airbnb kind of thing almost. And uh, I was like, well, I just kind of want to poke around the grounds. You think you'd get mad? And my cab driver was super cool. And he's like, got you covered, man, you know? That's probably racist, but whatever. That's what he said. <laughs> 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 and so what he did, he said, you look around a few minutes. And he said, I I'll distract him. So he went to the front door and he rang the doorbell and he got this elaborate ruse about somebody ordered a taxi. No, we didn't order a taxi. Well, I was told to be here. Is there somebody here? And he basically chatted him up like this whole, did somebody order a taxi bit for about four or five minutes, which just basically let me run around the grounds. And I kind of went out back and looked out over the ocean and then just came back. because I, I just wanted to say I'd been there. So that's how it went down for Jared. Cool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cab driver was all in on helping me with the ruse. He was like my personal quarrel. <laughs> you didn't tell him to fetch your shoes, did you? That's where things went sour. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get a different cab to take me back. <laughs> <laughs> But it's quite a ways away from like if you're cruising. That's what we do. We cruise down there, and if you go to harbor, it's it's 
it's a good little hike from the harbor. Because like I said, it's on the north side of the island. So, but like he also said, he goes right by James Bond Beach, so you can stop there and see where Ursula Andress came out of the sea and uh, a couple of the other filming locations there in Jamaica. So you get a lot of Bond stuff done there if you make a trip down there. They filmed some live and let die stuff down there too, didn't they? I believe they did. Did you happen to see any of that while you were there? You know, it didn't occur to me. I should have thought about maybe try to find. I think that alligator farm was down there. Yeah, I think the alligator farm, and I think the scene where they filmed the bus. Yeah, yeah, I should have looked into that. Didn't occur to me. I was in a Connery frame of mind, I guess. I believe while we're recording this episode, it's been rumored that Daniel Craig and other key Bond production members have been seen in Jamaica this week, and they're going to be announcing the title of the new Bond film, I think, tomorrow. Thank you, Agent I, for kicking off that conversation, and that's good stuff, man. I didn't know that about Sting. Yeah, that's interesting. Me neither. I I like how I said it was kind of like spy as opposed to being (laughs) creepy stalker. (laughs) (laughs) It is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've heard from our good friend Agent I, Joseph Iliff there so let's move down to shall we say South Africa? Let's Let's do it. Agent R has to say. It's our buddy Matt Robbenheimer. Hi guys, Matt Robbenheimer here, back again to talk about the biggest Bond movie of my childhood, Goldeneye. I have so many nostalgic memories associated with this movie and looking back today I think it's a film that really stands the test of time pretty well. I think this one really excels in terms of good dialogue, good characters, and a plot which not only modernizes Bond, but still ties it in quite nicely with the Cold War uh, politics that really is what the character grew out of. As sad as I am that there's only two Timothy Dalton movies, I think that Brosnan is a top-notch Bond. Okay, sure he's a bit of a mix and match of uh, previous Bonds like Roger Moore and Sean Connery, but he has a lot of charm, great screen charisma, looks superb in a suit, and really delivers his lines well. Another big change at this point in the series is the arrival of Judy Dench as M. She certainly makes a big first impression with her sexist, misogynist dinosaur speech. I find it really interesting that part of the inspiration for her character is the fact that in the early 90s, Stella Remington became the first female head of the British security service MI5, and Dame Stella Remington has gone on to become a very successful spy novelist. And of course, this is the beginning of a a long era of Judy Dench as M. One of the more controversial aspects of this movie is the score by Eric Serra. And while I admit that there are some pretty strange choices in terms of music in this movie, overall, it's actually a soundtrack I quite enjoy. And because I have such a nostalgic attachment to this film, I really can't imagine the movie with any other type of music. As I mentioned before, a lot of great characters in this movie, Xenia on a top, perhaps the ultimate femme fatale in the Bond series, uh, we've got General Urumov, a cool and creepy Russian general. We've got Natalia, a beautiful, intelligent and brave Bond girl. And then there's Valentin Zukovsky, possibly my favorite character in this movie. I'm a huge fan of Robbie Coltrane, and I love how his character is a mixture of humor and villainy. He's kind of aggressive towards Bond, but there's some sort of mutual respect between them. And ultimately, he really becomes an ally. I also kind of like the over-the-top character Boris, the Russian computer programmer. I find it quite interesting that these two Russian characters, Valentin and Boris, are both played by Scotsmen. So I've got a question for you guys. Which Scotsman plays the best Russian? Is it Robbie Coltrane as Valentin Zukovsky, Alan Cumming as Boris Grishenko, or Sean Connery as Captain Ramius in The Hunt for Red October? So I hope you enjoyed the movie. And rookie agents, I'm looking forward to your thoughts on the movies of Pierce Brosnan. Goodbye for now. Good stuff from Agent R. Good question. So 
Which Scotch Russian do you guys like the best? Guess we'll start with Jason. I gotta go Sean Connery Hunt for Red October. All right. What do you think, Pat? I'm going with Sean Connery to Hunt for Red October. Delvin. I did not see Hunt for Red October, so <sighs> sorry. It's all about a submarine, so he wouldn't see it anyway, even if <laughs> these are facts. Who was the mobster? Robbie Coltrane as Valentine Zakowski. Let's go with Valentine. I liked him. And you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and throw our boy Boris a bone. He's invincible. He was good. He was funny. And you know, going back to the Ruth and Darren soundbite, they mentioned that Famke Jensen is Jean Grey. They gave no love to Boris as Nightcrawler. I know, yeah. Oh, that's our boy oh, Nightcrawler. Really? He's oh, great really? Nightcrawler okay. too. Hmm. I didn't know that. I get his appreciation for Eric Sarah, but apparently he did not grow up with John Barry. <laughs> you know, I actually kind of fall into a similar camp with Matt Robenheimer. And by the way, I love the way he says Roger Moore. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but I feel him though, because Goldeneye was that is my you know senior year of high school. The world's your oyster. So I have such fond memories of it. It's hard for me to come down on the score, but I understand the other point of view. So you guys know what time it is? All right, let's find out what Agent Z from the Netherlands has to say for this episode. A little golden eye action. Hello, rookie agents. This is Don Zuiderman calling in from the Netherlands, and you have reached Goldeneye, the very first of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond films and my first James Bond in the cinema. Now, before I go into Goldeneye, I'd like to address a problem that I noticed during your The Living Daylights episode, because I noticed you have some trouble pronouncing Dutch names. So, all right, are you ready for a Dutch lesson? The actor that plays General Koskov is called Jeroen Krabbe. It's quite difficult, maybe. Yeah, we have this thing with weird vowels. And in this film, we have another great Dutch actress, and she is called Famke Janssen. That should be a bit easier, I think, for you. Okay, now, back to the film, back to Goldeneye. I'd like to talk to you about stunts, and I want to do this in this film before things get too messed up with the use of lots of CGI, because the Bond films pride themselves on doing things in camera. They use foreground miniatures, they use a lot of model work, but they do things for real. Now, the two excellent big stunts that you get in this film are obviously the bungee jump from the dam in the pre-title sequence and the tank chase throughout St. Petersburg. There have been many, many other big stunts in the Bond films. I'm sure you will remember the car corkscrew and the man with the golden gun, you know, with the slide whistle. There's the parachute jump in the pre-title sequence from The Spy Who Loved Me. Obviously the rock climbing sequence during the climax of For Your Eyes Only and the plane fishing in License to Kill in the pre-title sequence again. There have been plenty of smaller skill stunts as well, which I'm sure you appreciate, like the running over the crocodiles and live and let die, the being on fire at the end of License to Kill when Sanchez is being lit, and swimming with the sharks in Largo's pool in Thunderbolt. So my question to you is, what are your favorite stunts? What stunts would you like to see in Bond 25 and after that? And what is the craziest or the scariest thing that you have ever done yourself? Okay, that's it for now, gents. I'm trying to keep my contributions a bit more confined because I have been noticing your MI6 mailbag has been expanding rapidly. So take care for now and I'll talk to you when you've reached Tomorrow Never Dies. Bye bye. 
Okay, so I got some questions to pass around, it looks like. I got to think on this. <laughs> well, if you want some time to think, then I'll just leap right in. Whenever I think James Bond stunts, the first one that always pops into my mind is Ski Off a Cliff and Pop a Parachute, Spy Who Loved Me. Mm. Yeah, that's I'm good. I'm big on that one. It just sticks with me from my childhood all the way till now. There's plenty of other great ones. That's the one that sticks with me the most. As far as craziest thing I've ever done, as far as a stunt wise i mean goodness jason i could probably fill an entire episode about dumb crap we did when we were kids (laughs) (laughs) that somehow didn't kill us involved you know revolved around things we saw in the james bond yes Yes. tried to recreate oh but i guess at the end of the day the first thing that comes to mind for me is when i lived in germany and they had a one of those ropes courses that kind of goes through the canopies of the trees and it was like a confidence course where you had to you know leap from platform to platform while you're several hundred feet up in the air and that was pretty scary and and fun other than that i guess just going to iraq in the military <laughs> that's that's the end of my adventure that's about as dangerous as it gets so let's start passing around the room delvin has a stunt occurred to you my friend man I was, I was trying to think of a stunt and when you mentioned going to iraq i i can mention the first time when i went to afghanistan and we had to do what i know jared and jason has heard of called a combat landing ah uh, yes yeah. i've done a combat landing <laughs> go, on, go on so to explain it to pat Mm-hmm. And I needed explanation because we were flying from Kyrgyzstan, I believe it was, into Afghanistan. The pilot comes on air and says that we are about, we're approaching. Hold on to your butts. Yeah, we're approaching Afghanistan and we are about to do what's called a combat landing. And that and basically is like if we descend slowly, we have people that are going to aim uh, RPGs at us and shoot at us. So we are going to descend quickly to land. I'm like, OK, at least they prepared me for it. I think I know what's coming here. And then just imagine being up in the air. Oh. And you're on the ground. <laughs> yeah, imagine the pilot landed it literally as quickly as he possibly could. <laughs> and it was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow. From high altitude to low altitude, very, very quickly. Yes. Super fast. That might not be the most super adventurous thing in the world to do, but it was adventurous enough for me, man. No, oh, I hear you. That thing is a wild ride. I'm sure Jason's probably had it happen too. Yep, yep. I did coming into Iraq. We went into Balad Air Base. Yeah, same thing. Good times. Did you name a stunt, a favorite stunt from the film, Delvin? I didn't. The one that first came to mind for me was the scene that Sean Connery shot with the shark. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where they basically <laughs> didn't have enough of the plexiglass <laughs> and they lost. Right, Deshaun. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be fine. <laughs> You could have <laughs> No acting required. No yeah. second takes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's like, if I live, I am gonna go. I am gonna <laughs> somebody. <laughs> Yeah, oh my goodness. Pat, what do you think? Boy, there's so many different ones. I'm going to go with this one in Goldeneye. I'm going to go with the bungee jumping just because the way they set it up and filmed it, it was really cool. I it thought. was super cool. And you just reminded me of something else. There's a stunt that goes by rather quickly in Goldeneye that I want to give this stunt man his props, though. Okay, they're fighting up on that tower. 
Trevelyan and Bond. Mm-hmm. They haven't gotten to the fisticuffs yet, though. They're just shooting at each other with like AK-47s, and Trevelyan's shooting at him from like a basket thing. And I don't know if you caught this, but that stuntman's running down a metal staircase. The guy's playing oh, he Bond. tumbles, yeah. Does a forward flip. Yes. Yeah. On the That's onto cool. the metal staircase to escape Ouch. the bullet shots. And I'm like, that guy deserves a raise. <laughs> oh, man. He made it look easy, too. There are ways that you can do that where it wouldn't hurt. Don't ask me how. I have no expertise. <laughs> Someone else can work that out. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, there are ways where there's very minimal impact. And again, I just know it's possible. I can't do it. I'm just saying it's possible. <laughs> I would have been, if I was bothered, I'd be like, ah. <laughs> time out time out <laughs> oh, I got an owie oh, God, why if I'd rather been shot than to do that <laughs> anyway Pat talk about the most dangerous stunt you've done well you know what I've been thinking about that and the think the most dangerous stunt that I have been involved in takes me back as a kid back in the day me and the friends around the neighborhood we would play jarts that's lawn darts lawn with darts. the metal tips. Yes, I'm familiar in the with summer, <laughs> barefoot or just sandals oh on. God. Well, Jared and I used to play lawn dart chicken. <laughs> we, we, we would stand like if you moved out of the way. Yep, yep. done that, done that too. Yeah, what not allowed to move? What's that? Who, who invented lawn darts and thought it would be okay? I don't know, man. And it lasted a long time. You know, there had to be some skulls just yeah. cracked open. Those are cool, though, man. They were like, <laughs> you know, later on, they became when we were playing like army and that, too. They became my like my size. You throw them. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Oh, Jason, favorite stunt. I almost went beyond where we are in the films because one popped into my head from the Craig series. But keeping it to where we are now, I got to agree with you on the ski chase scene. I think that's... Who loved me? Yeah, that's just iconic. Well, I mean, it's a great stunt. And the bungee jump's a great stunt. But just the Union Jack flag, the whole, I don't know, just the whole theme of it. Yeah, I'll just go with that with that yeah. ski jump as well. Yeah, with today's X Games, it loses its luster. But if you put your mind back to 77 and nobody'd seen anything like that before well i mean in all honesty we've seen at this point you know there are all these kind of wannabe james bond franchises that are out there and they have all these great stunts i don't know there's just something and i can't quite put my finger on it but it's just something lacking because it's more than just the stunt it's the whole presentation Mm -hmm. and it's the setup and I think that ski chasing had a great setup, great execution. Bam rolls into a great title song. Yep. Uh, to me, that's my favorite so far. You want to admit to any crazy stunts? Oh, gosh, man. We talked about Lawn Dark Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it, we've done a few that, that started with, I'm going to launch over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the canal. Yeah, the canal comes to mind. They had those big piles of dirt. I don't remember if you were with us or not, but John Clark and I were definitely, we were pulling the wagon up and then like rolling down these big, huge construction piles of dirt. And then dad saw us doing it and let us know it wasn't dirt. They were fertilizer piles. (laughs) (laughs) 
we were rolling down. Yeah, that was bad. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've done some stuff. I've I've done several parachute jumps in the army, and yeah, I've been in a couple combat engagements, ran some convoys, my EDs, and stuff like that. Craziest thing I ever did was have kids. Really, <laughs> I think, think anybody that has kids has children is just a maniac. That is pretty reckless. That is. That is well. Okay. Thanks for that, Agent Z. It's always appreciated. Guys, I think it's time to check in with our junior mission. Rusty Agent. The the Rusty (laughs) Agent. Uh, They sent me this one a while back because they were quite proud of it. I think we're going to get a little bit of crossover from some of our other shows. We might get something that dabbles into the comic book world in this one. uh, I'll let you discover it. Let's check out Jeff and Rick and see what they've got for us. Good evening, agents. This is Rick from the Junior Mission Control Center, also known as Jeff and Rick Presents. I'm providing this week's field report on the film GoldenEye from the junior agents stationed in the Pacific Northwest. As usual, I surprised my fellow junior agent Jeff during the recording of our regular podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, with a pop quiz in the middle of our script. We were fortunate enough to have another special guest with us at the time of this recording. Their answers were not prepared. And I think that makes a difference. So... If I feel like I'm writing a cipher, I end up feeling like my dialogue is cipherish. Yeah. So it makes a difference. Anyway, blah, blah. No. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm going to take a massive left turn here, and All I want right. you both to hang with me. Okay. okay, we're hanging. Pop quiz question oh, for both. Oh, you seriously doing this? <laughs> Pop quiz question for both you, Jeff, and our honored guest, Louise Simonson. The MI6 rookie agents from On Her Majesty's Secret podcast are currently reviewing Goldeneye, the movie Goldeneye, the James Bond movie. After a six-year hiatus, the James Bond film franchise returned with Pierce Brosnan playing the role of 007. The film also featured a stunning theme song by Tina Turner, Goldeneye. Can between the both of you, can you name five other Tina Turner songs? No. We don't need another hero. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can name probably 20, but I, you know. Get them in here. I'll stall for time. <laughs> we don't need another hero, which was used in uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I like Tina Turner, and I'm drawing blanks on her songs. Come on, just at least one more. Come on, you can do it. I can probably do one more. No, I cannot currently. I can. I'm drawing an absolute blank, wow. which is absolutely. I know it's super sad. I like Tina Turner. It's it's, it's so I'm, sad. I'm imagining it's so sad. Videos in my head of songs that she sings, <laughs> and I'm imagining her outfits, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that was kind of a gold outfit. Yeah, and she had these high heels, and, and her hair was really puffy because well, it's Tina Turner, and I can't think of the songs. <laughs> what was that, Louise? I don't. I don't. Did I say something? Who can who knows? It goes out of my mouth, and I'm, my brain is gone. I'm fried. Yeah, yeah, it, it's getting late for you. I get that too. Yeah, I keep on keeping uh, coming up with Aretha Franklin songs, which is entirely not Tina Turner. <laughs> a big thank you to our special surprised guest, Louise Simonson, for playing along with us this week. As always, we will continue to train our field agents to be a handle any type of situation. Thank you again for accepting our reports. Till next time, Junior Agents signing out. Oh my God. Did our worlds just collide? <laughs> well, boys, I don't know whether to be super impressed that we got comic book legend Louise Simonson Holy on via the Jeff and Rick, <laughs> or super disappointed that they couldn't come up with five <laughs> Tina Turner's <laughs> Let's just go around the room taking turns. Go ahead, Delvin, kick it off. What's love got to do with it? Uh, Private dancer. I'm going typical male, Jason. <laughs> I'm going to go with steamy windows. Let's do another round, <laughs> Delvin. Go ahead. <laughs> Simply the best. Uh, Beyond Thunderdome. Cheated, because that's the one he said, but all right. I'll go Proud Mary. Jason. Better be good to me. There you go. (laughs) Nice. So we did that just to basically, I guess, embarrass Rick, but whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> we we talked about I mean, Jeff. We're embarrassed of Jeff, not Rick. We talked about stones earlier. So pull that out. Yes. I, I mean, you have a, oh, that's, oh my, I, I'm tweeting them after this. I can't. You have I, a comic book legend on your show and you're like, hang on, I got to do some goofy crap for my friends oh, over at OHMS pod. That's very cool. I can't even spoil what it's about, but I'm still tweeting like, you insane. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me that probably like a month ago. I've been sitting on that for a month, but just going, I can't wait to play this for the fellas. This is so stupid. Is it, is it Rick who asks the questions? Yeah, yes, Rick, our cool buddy, Rick Heineken. Yeah. yeah, oh my goodness. That is, yeah. Awesome. Jeff is our rusty agent. That yeah. is so funny. Jeff, get your life together, man. Go listen to some <laughs> Tina Turner. Go find a playlist, Jeff. What's love? What a secondhand emotion. What's and I can't love, stay in the <laughs> I can't stand the rap. Let me tell you something. I know we're sidetracking here, but Tina Turner's Greatest Hits is one of those, I think, cassettes that my mom had when I was in like middle school and high school and she'd play it. And you know how you, you most of the time your parents play something? You're like, oh, God. We got to listen to that again. But this one, I was like, all right. <laughs> and now I own it on CD. Oh, I do too. It's in my car. I'm just like, yeah, there ain't nothing wrong with that CD. And this just in, I just did a check. Tina Turner's legs still have not quit. (laughs) (laughs) Hadn't quit. Not yet. I have things to say about that. Would you like to hear it? Nope. (laughs) I mean, haven't I already heard it? You have, but I just like saying it. Oh, goodness. All I want is a little. Reaction. Mm. Typical male. Another yeah. song I like. Yeah. Oh, the typical male. Typical male. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, I think that's the end of the mailbag tonight, people. I don't know what happened to our Canadian friends, but you're on notice, Canada. <laughs> on notice. We, we blame you guys. Beady eyes and flapping heads. <laughs> I'm sure they got caught up with some stuff, and that's quite all right. We appreciate everybody who sent it in. If only there was somebody who could wrap the show up for me. So that will bring us to a close on this episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can that be found? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade on the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. You can also find us at www.longboxcrusade.com. Back to you. Jared. Actually, I'll take it from there. Go ahead. Take it. I oh, got just it. Be, hey, just before you take it, mm-hmm. can you remind me who won? Ah, everything? I think it was you, Pat. I think it was yeah. you. Out of line. Unacceptable. <laughs> I'm just doing what they told me to do. You guys have a lot of growing up to do. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, tell me if we were in prison, who would you talk to about this? <laughs> I, I have half a mind to talk to the warden about this. <laughs> That's the thing that hurts the most, really. Well, Second most. <laughs> Well, thanks, fellas, for taking on yet another dangerous mission. And it's not in the script, but I want to point out that Sean Bean with a horribly scarred face is still handsomer than I will ever be. (laughs) Me too. Me too. He was like, it's you who gave me this face. And I'm like, you're still doing pretty good, Sean. (laughs) Anyway, thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or comment for this or any of our other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSpod or email us at OHMSpod at Outlook.com. You can contact any of us directly on our social medias. My contact info is at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Jason. 
You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Pat. Well, you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY1977. Jared. I already went, but we hope to hear from you soon. The next episode of MI6 Rookie Agents will feature Tomorrow Never Dies. Hold it, don't. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. And also, we are invincible. <laughs> Slugheads. Slugheads. <laughs> <laughs> he works on the guidance system. <laughs> Outtakes. Thank you, Miss Money Penny. That's all. That's all. I'm only saying that just to be silly, silly petty. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> silly petty. Isn't that Tom Petty's brother? Mm-hmm. Silly petty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's the toy that you play with in the egg. Oh. That's uh, silly putty. Oh, oh. Putty, no. Putty's the guy from, uh, from uh, yeah, Elaine. Seinfeld. That's yeah. David Putty. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, Tweety called Sylvester. That's Putty Tat. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought that was the woman from Goldfinger. That's Pussy Galore. Oh, God. I'm on fire now. I'm getting all these. <laughs> ah, speaking of which, let's do a show. Isn't that a magazine? I'm Prob- out. Probably is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think the answer is yes. If not, maybe we should make one. <laughs> All right. He's going to derail us. <laughs> <laughs> we should play that sound bite before Jason ever says anything. <laughs> Every time we pass it to Jason, he's going to derail us. <laughs> uh, that's right. Okay, here we go. And this one should be pretty short. Oh, Sarah, your song, it sucks. Song sucks. Song now, sucks. now. Who won the trivia last time? Me. It was me. All right. All right. So let's get into the highs and lows of the films. Oh, hold, on, hold on one second, Jason. It was me. <laughs> you. You. All right. All right. Pretty sure it was Delvin. All right. These are the folks getting it done for us here at all. What the is the show? Okay. <laughs> Here's a question that I, I thought was hard, but Jason just hit a home run on it. Remember that guy, General Oromov? Mm-hmm. Where'd he die? Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that's actually correct. All right. We're going to change the answer. That's right. Very good all eye, Pat. Know. Man, I got a golden eye on that. You got a golden eye. You're catching Brad Whitaker and mm-hmm. many drivers. That's why I won. Did hey, did I mention I won? <laughs> That's not the two. last two minutes. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you earned it. You keep it. Keep it, my old buddy. <laughs> Delvin's a slughead. <laughs> you hey, so so which of our standard sound bites did you hear in the movie he Goldeneye? Works on the guidance is yeah, um, <laughs> no small talk. Yeah, yeah. chit chat. No the answers to all the questions except the last freaking one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
And that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future. themes for this show are done by musical genius joe november please check out his soundcloud at joseflin 99 that's j-o-s-e-f-l-i-n 99 you will not regret it